0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subjects that I've got coming up for you are Gary Gary Beers. Yes, that's right. Two Garys, one person, and Jimmy Coorey. Now, for those of you who don't know, but you should, Gary Beers is the fellow who played bass in In Excess for many, many years there. By my own estimation, and we talk about this through the conversation... He is the most listened to Australian bass player of all time. Jimmy Curie is his guitarist in a brand new outfit, or relatively new outfit I should say, Ash and Moon. The reason for the chat with the lads specifically regarding Ash and Moon is to talk up the two singles they've got in market at the moment, Dust Bowl and Mosquito, and there's the promise of an album on the near horizon too. So let's get to it. First you'll be hearing from Jimmy Curie and then Gary Beers the man himself, will pipe in sometime through the conversation too. Let's go. Hey, Jimmy. Hello. Andrew Mackay-Smith. How are you going, mate? Good, Andrew. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I-, I thought I might have had an Aussie accent come through there, mate, but you're clearly a, a stateside local, yeah. are
1: you? Yeah, they, they drafted me as a Aussie, though. I-, I believe I'm one of you now. Yep, he's an honorary Aussie, now yeah.
0: <laughs> Good stuff, yes. And-, and, you- and you're both in LA, obviously, at the moment?
1: Yeah, we're the whole band's together right now. We're rehearsing and sussing out some stuff for the new way things are being done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And look, you've got these two singles that are out. And I, I must confess, I'm not too familiar with the band, but I do enjoy Dust Bowl and Mosquito because, uh, look, I, I'll confess now too, Gary, I'm a bass player and I've played many of your bass lines over the years playing on the uh, pubs and clubs or the stages of the pubs and clubs here in Queensland. Um, and, and I've got to say Dust Bowl does contain that signature-based groove that I do love about your playing. Um, and look, Mosquito is, is uh, a bit different in that it's got a bit more of a laid-back groove that rides across the beat. But look, the, the pair of you have crafted a pair of cuts that uh, they honour the rich mu- musical heritage, obviously, that has occurred between the both of you. So now that I've said all of that, what can you tell me about these two songs here? They obviously hint at the promise of an album.
2: Yeah, yeah, the album's going to be out later in the year, but um, we just chose those as the first two songs as, as a basically a double A side. Just thought it was a pretty good taste of what's to come. Um, Dust Bowl has that that sort of '70s guitar riff and '80s kind of you know uh, sort of dance groove, and, and and Mosquito has that '70s fuzz bass, and um, and uh, they they both grew organically into what they are now.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, the how did you guys actually meet? So how did the the uh, the partnership actually come about?
2: I met Jimmy at the first party I ever went to in uh, in LA about 15, 14 or fifteen years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we became fast friends. But never got around to playing in a band together. Um, he was doing his thing, I was always doing mine, and then uh, I met I met Toby about three years ago at another party, as you can mm. probably hear the theme here. <laughs> and, and then, you uh, know, I actually jammed that night at the party. So um, I asked Toby to join a band that I had at the moment, a fun sort of uh, corporate covers band. Yep. And then uh, Jimmy joined up. And then the three of us decided we, you know, we wanted to just write some music together. So we all had listening, listening sessions to what we had and then sat and started writing new material.
0: And and Gary with the way that the bass line's so prominent on there, I take it you've had a very strong hand in the writing of the song. So can you tell me how the songs, these two songs in particular, the writing process? Well, it's also because I, I engineered
2: the album, so it was all done in my little home studio here in, in the valley in Los Angeles. And so I guess I had a, a pretty good fair amount of time to make the bass quite prominent. So um I was I was kinda lucky that department. But um I mean every song developed differently, as I said, you know, mosquito started with a big fuzz bass, and Toby loved that, and we started riding around that and Dust Bowl started as a as a the synth pad is, is actually Toby's that, that, the synth bass is actually Toby's, and so we um, we built on that and I put the uh you know, I guess my signature bass in, on top of it.
0: indeed, yes, yeah. so uh, Jimmy, tell us about yourself, mate mm-hmm. like what what were you up to? You're a very accomplished player, by the way. I can certainly hear that. So what have you been up to prior to meeting Gary and the lads? Thank you for the compliment.
1: Um, my whole I've been a pro since I was 11 here in America. And, uh, you know, I came out to L.A. I got with the Beth Hart Band, and we rode that thing pretty hard for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got a deal on Atlantic, and then... She had a bit of trouble, so when we came off the road, I bought a Macintosh computer in 2003, and I didn't leave the house for 12 years.
0: <laughs> Literally,
1: I, I didn't do a gig for at least seven years, and then I, in 2007, Oriante came calling and asked me to go out on the road with her, with awesome. Steve Vai. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> you know, you'll learn a thing or two. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, you know, my my career is definitely based in rock and roll and rock and roll bands and writing and the whole thing but i when i bought that macintosh computer the phone started ringing like crazy i ended up doing super bowl commercials regular commercials uh cable tv um i scored the friends spin-off joey for mbc which was mm-hmm. a big pretty big gig it was really great yeah. to do and then For the last 13 years, I've been writing for iHeartMedia, doing 20 pieces of rock and modern rock for them every month. And uh, I just decided in 2017, January 2017, that I wanted to get out again. Mm -hmm. I'd been away for too long, and I called Gary. Gary was the only person I called. I called him when the new year turned in 2017, and I just asked him what he was up to, and he immediately asked me to come play with his band at the time with toby because their other guitar player had had split and i was like okay buddy tell me when i'll be there and then that was it
0: there you go yeah okay so it's um you know, i guess the planets must have just aligned then i suppose when you talk about the uh the calls coming in after you get the mac there but can you can you tell me some of the i know you're talking about the the friend spin-off there the joey thing and what are some here in Australia of course we, we get the Super Bowl but we don't you know we, it's sort of it's a bit foreign to us if you know what I'm saying it's like the English Premier League it's sure. it's on but we don't really know too much about it mate so what's some of the sure. would would people in Australia outside of the things you've mentioned would there be some of the jingles and some of the songs that you've written that would have pierced our consciousness if you like uh, the Super Bowl ad
1: was a pretty big deal it was Tabasco okay and uh, Let's see. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the Beth Hart band or Vanessa Paradis.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. No, uh, Vanessa Paradis and Beth Hart. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a musician myself, mate. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. You're a bassist. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I did a
1: lot of work with those two ladies. Beth and I pretty much came up together. We were out on the streets in Santa Monica's Third Street Promenade. We had no money. We We were down to chips. And mm. then, got out on that promenade every Friday and Sunday night, and we'd walk away with a thousand bucks selling selling tapes and tips. And I, at the end of that little period that her and I did, I walked away with a stack of business cards from all these connections, you know. Mm. And then I, I was friends with uh, who the, actually the cat who's pre- mixing our record here, David Wrights He's my lifelong friend, so he set us up with David Foster. Okay. And he put us on Atlantic, and that was the Rock, you know, right there. Man, that was that was fun.
0: Is it? Is there given your partnership here with uh, with Gary and with Toby? Is there, is there a lot of expectation about what you're doing here? or You know what I'm saying. Like, Is there a lot of ambition behind it? In other words, do you want to be heard on FM radio again and that sort of thing, or is it just a case of you, you're at that stage in your lives where you're just playing music because, well, that's what you do?
2: We're pretty serious about what we're doing right now. I mean, we've, it's, this is a real band, and we've, you know, this is our first record, and we put our, our heart and soul into it, and it's, it's uh, uh, you know, as I said, it grew very organically, and all three of us had equal input. I mean, I produced mm. it with Toby, but everyone's input was was just as important as anybody else's. I mean, I mean I, I'm no prima donna about about who's in charge. I mean, I think it's when you're making music, everyone has to have their input, and everyone everyone's input is welcome. So, yeah, uh, I know this is a real band. And I'm looking forward to yeah you know, making more music. We're still we're making music constantly, yeah. And um, yeah, I know yeah. we can't get out and play at the moment, but we we'll, we're looking forward to getting out and playing again.
0: Mm. Mate, does this Gary, does this feel like a musical rebirth for you? Because, like I've been in a ton of bands myself, and you've been in possibly alongside of ACDC, Australia's most famous band. But it is hard to work with people in a band environment. So when you find people such as Jimmy and Toby, and it sounds like you guys are mates as well as bandmates, you know what I'm saying when I say that. You can have a beer together and talk about life in general, that sort of thing. So, mate, is it, it is a bit of a surprise to you, mate, that you meet these guys at this stage in your life, and does it feel like a rebirth?
2: It does to me. I mean, it's, you know, I've been in LA LA for 14 years now. I met Jimmy, as I said, first party I went to, but I haven't found the people to write with. You know, like Mm, I've had people, I found people to play with in in cover bands and fun projects, and I've written for, I've written some stuff for jingles and films too. Um, But it's so much more fun to to write and play with people um, that you respect and that you really like as a person too. So, Yes, we are. We're, we're very good friends, um, and which comes in handy because the boys spent pretty much all of last year in my you know, in, at my house with my family, sitting at the table writing music and and going into my studio, mm-hmm. and then just yeah, you know, it's like it, it's it is a surprise at this stage of my career to to find that 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 passion and like mindedness from other people, you know, in 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 my industry.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Gary, I hope I can ask this question mate, because I do feel as though you've experienced a lot over the years, you know, the events of 1997, the JD Fortune Uh episode, some private matters that the tabloid media unfortunately picked up on in 2014, but did you ever think about just saying, fuck it, I'm done, I'm going to move back to the northern beaches or thereabouts and I'm going to give up music and life, uh, you know, that sort of life and life in the public eye and just sort of forge a new pathway, was that ever a consideration?
2: No, no, really. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a beautiful wife here. I've got a young family. I've got eight year old twins. I mean, you know, that, that's that been my focus for quite a while now. But uh, I mean, music's my life. I mean, mm. it's the first love. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was a virgin until I was 19. So it was all about music.
0: Yeah. So,
2: you know, I, and also ACDC played at my school dance. I mean, once, once that happened, there's no turning back, you know, and I was lucky okay. enough to grow up at the, to me, to me, at the best time of, of rock and roll. And, Zeppelin and yeah, Bowie and Deep Purple and Queen and all these bands, you know, that little band called the Beatles, like all making new music. And I was very lucky to grow up in that time mm. and and be influenced by that. And that's why I, I can never say fuck it and, and um, not be mm. part of music. I mean, I've just been biding my time waiting to meet the right people, and now all of a sudden it's all coming out.
0: I was reading online, mate. Just in preparation for our chat, that you're a gear nut. I don't know whether that's still the case or not. But do you, do you and Jimmy sort of sit there and and compare 1964 strats and that sort of thing? Or does it sort of get down to that level for both of you?
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. And we've and just down the road from here is um, Norm's Rare Guitars, which is one of the best guitar stores in, in LA. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm again. I, I used to, I, I used to have a great collection in Australia, but I don't have them anymore. But I got, I've got my old NXS p-base, the 58 p-base. That's nice. pretty much it for the old original vintage. Jimmy's got a beautiful old Strat, but at the moment I'm building bases, uh, my own bases. Like I got a my own pickup and electronics design. And I'm building all my own bases, and I just built a guitar for Jimmy too. So hmm. um, we argue. He's got, he's got, he's just picked up his new uh, analog. Uh, effects pedal board today so we're in the garage jamming and he's having a great time playing his new sounds
0: (laughs) so what what's next lads okay so you've got this album on the horizon obviously we've got COVID-19 that we are in lockdown which unfortunately means you can't even get out and do a bit of a uh, road test of these two excellent singles here but beyond COVID-19 is it the intention to actually come to Australia and go to Europe and of course travel across the USA to share these tunes God, yeah.
2: I mean, it's we, yeah, we we are players. I mean, that's how we got together, playing and having fun. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, during all this, we're we're still recording. We're doing acoustic versions of of of, of the albums that will be on the yeah, on the, the songs that will be on the album when it's released. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, we now feel comfortable enough. we have set up in my garage, so we're now back to being a garage band and loving every second of it. And we're jamming away today. We're going to do podcasts. We're going to try and get our stuff out there as best we can during all this nice. time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's all you can do, mate. You know, I've done well over 550 interviews at this point. In the last 20 or so, I've been during, have been uh, held during this bloody COVID 19 thing. And, uh, mate, all you can do is put your word out there via electronic means and just hope it sort of picks up. But I think the, the strength of these two singles, mate, it should go a lot more than just a curious glance, I think. So, how, how does it work, lads, these days with getting picked up by FM radio? Do you need an agent to really sort of do the, the push and the shove that? That had to happen back in the '80s and '90s because it's a it's a part of the world that I think a lot of musicians these days are completely unfamiliar with. So can you can you tell me how how because this is this is stuff to me that really should be and, and you'll know what I'm talking about here, Gary on Triple M, for example on high rotation there. So how do you access those that market so to speak?
2: Well, it is different to the '80s and '90s. I mean, it's a whole it's a different world, especially now with the pandemic. But I mean, to me, yeah, I just I just believe in the music, and I, 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 and, I, and we know that we're onto something with the sound and and the songwriting and the band. Mm. And so far, everyone that's heard anything off the record have gone crazy, and and doors have opened. So, yeah, I do believe that um, that our songs will find their way to radio, to, um, because I think we've got something out there that, that people have been waiting for for a while, and it's mm. just an honesty in music, and and just some good rock
0: yeah they're not immediate i'll say that but as soon as you like and that's a good thing from the perspective that you know it's not bubble gum it's not the sort of thing that you'll sort of get your head or wrap your head around like a britney spears song this is stuff that a few listens in i find it especially with dust bowl mate i think it's a, it's an outstanding cut it's a sort of thing that once it's played sort of two or three times could really pick up and live a life of its own yeah
2: yeah it's, it's been it's it's Really, be getting great reaction. Reaction in, all across Europe should pretty, pretty amazing to the music too. And this is just the first, first few singles, I and mean, we've got a, a full album of thirteen songs that we. All all the songs are as good as each other, and the songs, mm. the songs combined to make a record that's like a good old, Zeppelin three or yeah, you know, like a, a record that takes you on a journey, you know. Mm. And,
1: yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah.
2: When, when people hear the whole the whole, you know, collection of songs, they're going to go. I think they're going to go pretty crazy. Mm.
0: Gaz, I've got to ask, you worked with Niall and I'm pretty sure Bernard Edwards back in the day. I mean, Bernard Edwards for me, I've got a big thing here of in front of me of Larry Graham. So between Bernard Edwards, Larry Graham and Mark King, they're about my bass iconoclast. But for you, mate, you actually worked with these guys. So is, is there anything that they taught you back in those days that you're still applying these days in your playing?
2: Well, when I was working with Niall, I was pretty much shitting my pants. And I'm, I'm actually doing the bass track when, when Bernard walked in. So, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I doubly shit my pants, but, but I don't know, just, just, I learned a lot from Nile by the fact that he's just, a, he's a musical genius and he's yeah. and he's all about fun, you know, he he really, he's like, well, we're not playing a note until we get a big, big plate of chicken, chicken wings in here <laughs> and, and everyone get, get greasy fingers. It's like, okay, you know, and yeah. that was, you just go, go with the flow and learn as you go. I mean, yeah, working with Chris Thomas, working with Niall, I mean, it was pretty yeah. exciting times. Yeah, yeah Nile never yeah. plays more than four strings at a time. No, and he, Niall, uh, Kurt was learning clarinet at the time for some reason, soprano sax, yep. and he had a he had a, a a book like a yeah how to play soprano sax book and all the notation. And was like, I got that book. And I'm like, why would you have that book? He goes, Well, if you play it upside down, it's 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 notated for guitar, and then you're playing scales that no one's ever heard, ever heard. Oh my before. god! Yeah, like, I know this guy's really looking to be best. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a genius, actually. I, I think he's probably the most important musician of all time. That's my humble opinion, at least, anyway. Noel Rogers, um, he just, he's had his hand, whether it was with In Excess or with Madonna, he's had his hand in so much stuff that it's almost incalculable, almost incalculable to label his influence at this point, I think.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, he's left stance. I mean, it, it, the guy's yes. just a bit of a genius around. You know, like, he... he um, Yeah, and also, whenever we'd play anywhere near him, we'd jump on stage and we'd jam
0: out. So that was always exciting too. Mm, Yeah. Mate, lads, I'll make this my last one. And uh, sorry, Jimmy, I've I've got to make this point with Gaz, just the last one. It's probably the the only opportunity I'll have a chat to you. (laughs) But uh, Gaz, I don't know whether you've thought about this, but you must be the most listened-to Australian bass player of all time. The odds are that you are.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I never I never thought about it because I'm always trying to get better. I don't think I'm
0: a very good bass player, to be honest. I've just put in the hard yard. No, I've played your stuff, and it's not it's not that it's technical, but if the thing about your stuff, Gary, is that if you don't get the beat right, if you're not right on top of it, you'll screw it up. And if your drummer's mm-hmm. not right on, it just won't happen. I don't know, Mystify is a good example there, that you know, the doo to do doing that stuff that you're doing there, my God! I've, I've actually there's a couple of songs that I've even said to some other guys in the band. I don't think we should do this because I don't think we're ready. Because whilst they might be deceptively simple <laughs> to listen to, when you're actually playing them, if you get it wrong, it just sounds completely wrong, and you you just think, oh, we haven't honoured the great in excess.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I was, I've been very lucky. I mean, this is my second band, yeah, real band. I had absent friends, which is a pretty good band. So, but I mean, this is my officially, I feel my second. Band that, that that is a real band, and and obviously I'm very lucky to, to have had my career with an excess starting from high school. I mean, you know, but we really put in the hard work to get it to sound that good in the first place. But and John Farris is a is a ridiculously good drummer, um, one yeah. of a kind. So I was, I was yeah, very lucky to play alongside him for thirty years too. So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. And I just, yeah I, I was a happily along for the ride with the guys from Excess. So we all learnt to play together and that's why we sound so good.
0: Yeah, it's the one thing that always annoyed me, to be quite honest with you, and I hope I can make this point. So much of the focus, God rest his soul, is on Michael, but you guys as the musicians, you know, without you guys, he couldn't soar and he couldn't be the superstar that he became. And, um, you know, having played so many of your songs, I, I know that even before the voice comes in, mate, people know what they're getting within Excess in terms of, I see the looks on people's faces. It's very similar, mate, I've got to say, to what happens when we play ACDC. It's just that familiarity across the room. And I've played your stuff in Bundaberg, Wheeler Brisbane, of course, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast. It's the same look everywhere you go. Yeah.
2: Well, look, I, uh, I just hope that Ashen Moon gets the same, you know, listen in, in the same respect. Because, as I said, we've got a, a really good record coming out. And I, and I think Toby's, yeah, you know, I've, I'm very lucky to have, be in bands with two of the, what I think two of the best singers I think of all time mm. and um and Toby's also come to the fore with his with his lyrics, so you yeah, we're saying something that I think needs to be said in this world and, and um and I think when people hear it they'll hear it it's yeah, just as heartfelt and as immediate as the Enix sister.
0: Mm, agreed, yeah. Well, congratulations on these two singles. I can't wait for the album, lads. Uh when it is released, of course, John will send me a copy there and um maybe we can have a chat later on when that does come out. But look, until then, do stay safe. Thanks so much for the conversation and congratulations on uh what looks like to be a very promising venture between the two or the three of you, including Toby. Uh thank you
2: very much. Thank mate. you. Yeah.
0: All Thanks, best, Jimmy. Face, face. No worries, mate. Thanks, no Gary. Problem. Appreciate it. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. you have been listening to the scars and guitars podcast series that syndicates for the a-list online the interview subject you just heard from jimmy coory and gary gary beers from the outfit ashen moon of course gary gary beers is the longtime bass player from in excess too thanks very much for listening